and seeing that like the ball hammocks have now really been holding us in into place emotionally. Um, right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're all staying together all in one little place. PowerPoints, power lunches, conference calls, reply to all endless meetings, constant check-ins and so much wasted time. Are you sick of the BS? So are we. It's time to take our time back, rework the way we work, and make every call a call to action. This is a podcast for people who want to stop talking and really start connecting. This is After 12. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After 12, 12 for 12's original podcast series that explores cool companies, brands, messages, and makers, and what compels us to take notice and become fans. We have a very fun, irreverent, and assless chaps kind of show in store for you today. That's because today's guest is co-founder and chief marketing officer of Shinesty, a multi-million dollar Colorado-based apparel company that sells clothes that like to party. Internet, please welcome me in joining Jens Nicolason to After 12. Jens, what's going on, brother? Yo, how's it going? Good to see you again, Adam. Thanks, it's good to see you. I don't know if Adam's told you this, but he actually came out and visited us at one point. So we're like, we're we're basically old friends. We, you know, it's funny, although we featured you you guys on um, on our our third season of 12 for 12, and it was less than two years ago. It really feels like it was more like 10 to 12 years ago. Um, how is life yeah. treating you? Yeah, qu- quarantine has that effect on like slowing everything down. Everything becomes a blur. You're always like kind of at home. You're always kind of at work. You're always cooking dinner, but also like answering slacks. So is that, has that been a better? I mean, like how, how does that work for you? I mean, is it, is it, uh, is it going I'd say- okay? So uh, personally, it's actually going really well. I think you realize like all of the like little uh, time savers that start to creep up. There's no like, you know, missed 15 minutes getting out the door and then getting into the door at the office and then getting out the door at the office and getting in home. So you like you, you find time efficiencies as a business. It's been, you know, largely pretty good. It was a big um, a big shift because no one really worked remotely prior to this. Right. And so there are especially a couple teams, the ones that have to like collaborate in person, like photography and creative and technical product design, like that's that's it's been harder on them, but the rest of the company has like adapted really, really well to the kind of remote. Well, I mean, what a it's like just such a huge jump from our twelve for twelve Shinesty party at uh at Tiaco in Boulder. I mean, the fact that the whole business that you've created is around being social and the like, the hashtag for 2020 is social distance. Um, how is that? Is the party over, Jens, or is it just changed? The party has changed significantly. You can imagine <laughs> it's not a great time to be in like the theme party and uh, event peril space. Right. Uh, you know, there are the people like you and I who will still maybe wear this stuff once in a while for a zoom call or whatever. But, um, largely those categories have shrunk this year, as you can imagine. Uh, but fortunately we don't have, we, we do have like other lifestyle lines and we've kind of really leaned in and started to focus on those. And 
fortunately, I mean, those lifestyle lines still require a sense of humor, but there's still a lot of people out there that fortunately have that even in these dark times. And uh, so the business has shifted and we're still doing really well. Um, actually, the growth of those more lifestyle lines has more than made up for the declines in the other uh, party suit dress oriented categories. Well, it's fine. I mean, lifestyle, like everything in our lives has changed. The style of life has changed. I, I mean, these times are, are really the opposite of party times. Uh, COVID-19, Trump, racial tension, economic depression, rising unemployment, upcoming presidential election, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, wildfires in California, hurricanes hitting the Gulf. Wildfires in Colorado. <laughs> in Colorado, too. <laughs> Everywhere. No, yeah, just off the top of your head. Yeah. I mean, it, people are getting divorced and dying, and it's just like, wow, this is just not a great time. Um, let's talk about your pivots, because I, I know like one of the, the things that we had we had talked about, you know, with that ubiquitous 2020 word pivot is um, you guys had had the the subscription underwear uh, for a while and and seeing that like the ball hammocks have now really been holding us in, into place emotionally. Um, right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're all staying together all in one little place. Can we, can we get a close up? <laughs> um, how, so just, let's talk about that. Like you're, you're, you're yeah, we like to joke. We like to joke that we've gone from like, you know, basically apparel for all of life, social moments to social distancing your balls from your leg, because <laughs> really like, uh, our underwear has, has done really incredibly during this time. It's a great product. Um, and while I, I mean, part of our pivot was obviously in the product lines that we focus on. And the other part of the pivot was how we talk about those product lines. And, you know, it's, these are serious times for all the reasons that you mentioned, but because there's so much doom and gloom, there's so many places that you can get that, like you can find out just how many things are going wrong in the world. We decided we were going to kind of take the opposite approach. We were going to continue to try to be this like bright part in your day. We actually consider like our, our mission to force the force the world to take itself less seriously, like more important now than ever. Yeah. And so we've like really leaned in and like are basically just making fun of all the like tropes that are coming out as a result of this. Like, working from home, you may as well not wear pants. You should probably still wear our underwear though. Like said the quarantining your balls from your leg, that kind of thing. And people have like absolutely loved it. Like the reception has been incredible. Everyone's like, Oh my God, thank you guys so much for like, not just being a whole additional like piece of doom and gloom that I have to like get in my inbox or on my newsfeed every day. Well, it's funny that you say that received because you guys, it seems like, I mean, just in watching you in the last six months have really more migrated from being a, you know, party novelty apparel company to, um, more of a a comedy brand like humor. I mean, the humor that you produce, um, is so significant. Uh, do you, I mean, have you guys thought about you know, creating more of an adjacent offering or, or channel that way. I mean, Chinasty.tv, something to that effect. You know, we've always, we've like toyed around with the idea a lot. You know, our, our kind of motto for 2020 was focus. <laughs> so trying to do less things much better rather that was than from January like, oh, <laughs> proliferating, like, yeah, proliferating like tons and tons and tons of, you know, new business lines and opportunities. Yeah. You know, I think, 
we've tried to take the approach that like our, our products and our marketing can be at least equal parts entertainment and, and sales and conversion driven. And I, I think there is even more opportunity to like do, you know, entertainment only type content blogs and videos and things like that. Um, but for the time being, like with the limited size team we have and the need to focus, we're kind of trying to you know, strike the balance where everything isn't funny. Everything is entertaining. Um, but it also helps, you know, drive the things that keep the, the business running on a day-to-day basis and pay everybody's salaries. Right. I mean, did you, I mean, on that note, did you kind of have to optimize staffing and, and scale back? Uh, since COVID hit, no, we, we actually like, Nobody, we didn't have to do any furloughs or anything like that. Um, basically everyone who started here at COVID time is still with us today. That's great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if anything, because of the growth of the business, we've, we've had to hire considerably more uh, warehouse and fulfillment staff and CX, things like that. Uh, so how, how is it working too with the distribution center downtown Denver? I mean, are you, people must be going in still, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like probably what we consider to be like the biggest risk to the business right now. Uh, definitely less jokes about that. It's more like everything gets swabbed down multiple times a day. Everybody's wearing masks. There's like unidirectional flow through all the racks and things like that. Um, everyone gets like temperature checked, remote, uh, like touchless. Yeah, the thermometer. Or they can even like, it's part of the clocking in process. So it's, you know, especially there where there is a big physical presence and like there is real risk, the like procedures have had to kind of get simple, complex. So there's, but, there's mean, a the, lot of safety measures going on. Down. The ball people are operating out of have a, la- a layer, like they have a sheen of antimicrobial fiber, fibers, right? That's exactly right. We actually in- inject a large burst of light into the fabrics, right? Perfect. Um, so you've got, you've got the, the ball hammocks that are doing really well. You've got, um, the, the pivot to masks. How, how is that going? Uh, it definitely kind of ebbs and flows with like the, the news cycle about them, but it's, it's been an incredible line of business for us. I think people who have a, again, who have this bent towards entertainment and don't want to just wear a black mask. Like we're one of the only people who offer you the ability to have like you know, the wood meme guy on your mask. Ron Burgundy. Uh, or Ron Burgundy or, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. any of these. Um, yeah. Any of, any of many different like patterns, prints or whatever. Uh, and so that's done really well. It's a unique offering. Uh, it was an easy kind of pivot for us. You know, certainly like the competition, like everybody who was in apparel basically does masks now. And, um, but, you know, there's still a spot like all of our apparel where you can be the most outlandish with it. I, I That has really surprised me with, you know, you, you would think so many apparel companies would, would shift to masks. So, some didn't just thinking, well, it's going to be saturated, but it, it really, it doesn't seem like it's saturated. There's so many options and it seems like they're all doing well. I've audited a few brands that are saying, yeah, we didn't think it was uh, essential. We were a late entrant and we're still, we're killing it. We're selling masks every day. Well, I think, and that's also a testament to all those brands. Like if you build a following who loves your product and who loves your like unique angle on the market and you apply that to your core product or the products that are even more applicable during you know, a global pandemic, like people are going to buy from you because it's from you. Uh, and I think the other thing that we've seen is just, you need, mask for the gym, you need mask for your car, you need 
mass at home. You need them in the stroller when you're walking your kids. So like, yeah, it's not just like it was a, a rush to get one mask out to everybody. It's like everybody needs a lot of these things. Right. And so the market is, is still really, I mean, it's a gigantic market. So there's a lot of room. So let me ask you, I mean, you guys have so many different categories. How, how did you decide which ones were relevant? Especially like when I reached out to you a few weeks ago, I was looking for your evil Knievel like flight suit that, that you, the onesie that you offer. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I have like one of the, the holiday onesies and I was going to use it to, to MC a, a fundraiser on zoom. Um, and it was totally sold out. And you're like, yeah, I mean, these are, these are gone. We're, we're all out of luck. So like for that, how, I mean, that's kind of an unexpected, like, yeah, that one was like a, you know, a lot of our, there was kind of this like precipitous um, change, I think, in behavior that kind of late mo- after Memorial Day and before Fourth of July, where people kind of started to ease up their like extreme quarantining and social distancing routines. And so some of those categories, especially around the Fourth of July, made a bigger a bigger showing than we were expecting. Is that when we um, started calling parties super spreader events? Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Like, are you going to be maybe the next news sp- news story? <laughs> Is your, is your family, uh, your long overdue family reunion going to be the next outbreak? Um, right. And so, yeah, that one kind of like, you know, surprised us and there, there's some like seasonality to that, but for the rest of the business, it was in large part, just gut instinct. We're like, all right, we think like pajama rolls and pajamas and underwear and like, you know, maybe shirts that, you know, you'd, you'd want to wear at home and comfort of your work from home environment will, will, do well. And then we kind of like pressure tested all those across different channels and see if they work on paid, see if they, you know, work on email and, um, and basically ones that just didn't seem to like stand out enough. We kind of said, all right, you know, we'll have to save that inventory for another day and let's just keep focusing on the ones that seem to have the wind at their back. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I think the thing that stands out the most is you guys just try a lot of different things and, your email marketing campaigns are amazing. I mean, I often wonder if the writers at the onion are struggling to write ridiculous bylines with all the confluence of incredulous shit going on in the universe right now. Um, but you guys, your creative is, is killing it. I, I mean, I, I assume you're having a blast with quarantine marketing and you don't really need to, <laughs> you don't need to brainstorm too much. Shit. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, like, because the entire world, like, has their sights on this and it is, like, the thing on everyone's mind, it does make it easier because, like, you make a joke about it and everyone was already thinking about it. And so it lands with a much bigger audience than maybe a much more niche, uh, you know, niche trope that you could go into. So I think our creative team has been really fired up about it. They're definitely, like, and, you know, they see one piece of their success and, like, how far can we push this? How much, how can we make fun of like DIY masks? Like, all right, now Karen's involved. Karen's going to get roasted. So yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too, that you guys, have I think we're going to have to RIP Karen in 2020 for sure. That, um, that name's out. Yeah. Kyle, I think we lost Kyle a couple of years ago. Karen's out. I don't know what's going to be next, but. Well, I mean, it's funny. Even when Tiger King was a, a brief stint there, you know, like, that was hysterical following kind of just the social um, and popular culture from Netflix 
and creating a Tiger King mask. Um, but even oh, before- man, well, we, well, we also did the, uh, the Tiger King. That was like a, an exercise in rebranding as quickly as humanly possible. Our creative team was like, let's do the Tiger King collection. So we got all these like big cat prints of suits and dresses and underwear and speedos, and, you know, basically across the whole line. It was one of our most popular, like successful emails uh, the whole year, just because like everyone was thinking about Tiger King and we basically just went out and made fun of it and rebranded a whole bunch of products uh, <laughs> in that vein. And even though they were like, you, you couldn't even hardly wear them out to the social events, they still sold like wildfire. So I, I, it really pays, I think to have, if, if companies have the opportunity to be as agile and nimble and be able to react to like the thing that is top of mind for people, a lot of people go in, you know, a lot of brands have like email schedules that are set like months and months in advance yeah. to produce one piece of creative and they've got no flexibility with it after it's launched. And it really pays to be able to adapt and be nimble on the fly. Cause you can iterate, refine and last minute change yourself to some pretty incredible successes. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and not taking yourself too seriously is probably a great way to do it because you're not going through all sorts of checks and balances to get it right. Um, well, it's funny, even before, you know, Trump's China virus made landfall here in the U S um, you know, the, the country has kind of been moving towards this bifurcation, just, you know, political unrest. I mean, but you guys have been able to straddle the line. I mean, with your Americana collection, like you get a lot of like, you know, right-wing pro-Trump supporters, but then, you know, you've got a lot of left-wing, you know, liberal alcoholics like myself and, you know, the party collection folks. It's like, have you been able to increase your base on either end by mocking this dumpster fire or are you, have you lost people? You know, this is like a, it's a really tough line. Like we, we generally like you know, consider politics to be kind of like a lose-lose scenario, mm-hmm. unless you can find a way to just like unilaterally make fun of the situation in a way that's kind of like equally, you know, piss off or entertain both sides, which is really hard to do. Uh, kind of try to steer away from it. Um, are, you know, with, with, with the American flag stuff, like, yeah, sure. There are, there like some like right-wing conservative gun toting, um, you know, rednecks that wear that. Yes. <laughs> yes. But are there also, do I, yeah, do I, I also wear it? Wear it? Yeah. Does most yeah. of our company wear it? Do you wear it? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it, we don't want the symbol for the whole entire country to be monopolized by like one group. And even that one group, I mean, it's easy to, you know, make generalizations in there and there's a lot of shades of gray in there. Yeah. Um, or, or red if you're on the right side, I guess. And there's a lot of shades of blue on the other side. Um, so, it's a, t- a little bit of a tough line to walk. We try to like put our, like scrutinize that content to make sure it's, it's not leaning one way or the other, because that generally tends to be, like I said, a lose lose situation. Um, but at the same time, we also don't want to say like, all right, well, we can't sell American flag stuff now because it's too associated with, you know, right wing gun toting conservatives. Like <laughs> we just don't want the, the symbol of the entire country uh, and freedom and democracy and all those good things to be monopolized by like one, one group and whatever, however polarizing it might be. I mean, but at the same time, you know, our audiences have really short term memories, right? So it's like from one email to the next, um, you could just keep moving on. Like, you know, again, you think about Tiger King and for me, that sounds like, you know, Carol Baskin was, was 
a year ago, but it was, you know, three or four months ago, right? Where, you know, if somebody is offended, I, I think moving to the next thing is pretty much what everybody wants right now. Their attention span is, is pretty short. Um, and the other thing is, you know, you guys have been able to benefit from the, just the skyrocketing email marketing rates. I mean, right now, um, you know, across the board, you know, email marketing performance is, is way up. How, how are you guys doing in terms of your email campaign performance? And have you seen an uptick in revenue as well because of that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, we've more than doubled, you know, the size of the base that we send to year over year, but without, with no like engagement performance hit. So people are still opening and clicking at least as much as they were last year, if not more. Um, And the revenue has like, you know, tripled, almost quadrupled. So I think it, it's disproportionate. I think people are like engaging with the content uh, and converting on it based on like a, to a totally disproportionate extent. So it's working really well. Um, and that is even with like, you know, we have kind of increased the number of sends that we do too. And normally okay. you increase the number of sends and you increase the size of the base, you'd expect your engagement to, to actually dip. But we haven't observed any of that, actually. So. And when, when you look at your phone, Jens, does it say you have exceeded your iPhone? Uh, you've exceeded your viewing um, <laughs> amount. For the, I mean, like, that's the other thing is I just think we are like, I mean, yes, the, the everyone has always had a, 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 a digital identity in the last, you know, 10 years. Um, but when the digital identity becomes at the, for, the forefront of, of, you know, who you are, because now your access to anything is, is really virtual. You, you're using your phone or your laptop or your desktop. Um, I mean, it's kind of an amazing time for an e-commerce company. It is. I actually think a lot of e-commerce has done really well in this. Um, and you know, I'd like to, to think that that is a trend that will actually continue even after we hopefully get the reins on this, this virus. Um, there's actually like been some interesting studies, Chris, my business partner, um, and I have looked at where if you look at like Asia after SARS, it was like, and you look at the, like, um, the, how prevalent like e-commerce adoption is, it was like pretty linear, pretty linear, pretty linear SARS. And then it was a step function, uh, because it was just like, it changed people's consumer behavior. And it was actually, it lasted after that. It just like moved and accelerated trends online in a way that nothing else ever had. And I think we could see the same thing here. So as I look down the line, I do think you'll continue to see like direct consumer and e-commerce brands do really well. And I think you might even see some of these more legacy retail brands or or people with, with predominantly physical presences start to either figure out how they get their act together online or start absorbing companies that have figured it out online so they can play catch up since the whole physical yeah. retail thing has been unheard so badly. Well, yeah. And, and, and just brick and mortar, I mean, just the, the square footages are going to be smaller. I mean, you know, the, I think most retail companies have realized that there needs to be that concurrency and it needs to be stronger. I, I even think, you know, um, echelon design who, you know, I work for and who, who funds 12 for 12. I mean, we're an event company, a trade show company. We do activations at South by and and big festivals and CES. And you think about, you know, 
what that means. If, if you don't have a virtual component to that to kind of roll up into your physical thing, um, it's just you're not going to have as much impact, especially as 2021, I think, is going to be, you know, the, the year of people taking their socks off and slowly dipping their their foot in the water to see, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Especially, you know, after that point, we have an efficacious vaccine or, you know, a more, uh, you know, tenable handle on <laughs> the virus, which, you know, it's it's funny how like you look at you you don't think we have a you don't you don't think we have a handle on the virus i don't know man i don't watch the news anymore i mean unless the news is is i can actually predict the news without even seeing it oh yeah i mean i only listen to um you know armenian teacups mostly and and i didn't do you mind sending me that after this i think it's mostly i'd like to get into that um, so, I mean, obviously there's been some huge challenges this year. I, I think, you know, we've kind of talked about what some of those were, what, what have been some of the, the biggest, like, you know, insights kind of like aha moments, things that you never thought you would, um, have learned, but because of the challenges, I mean, that's, that's when you learn the most, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'd say probably at the top of that list is the like power that can come from being timely and topical. Um, if you think about like the way that a lot of brands operate when they do their campaigns, they like have this insight, then they go like build some creative and then they like, they're kind of set it and forget it. Cause they've like put the investment into it and our creative team largely because it's in house and we have videographers and photographers and editors copywriters that are all in house. Like we have a, that level of agility that I was alluding to before that's allowed us to like capitalize on the thing that is at the forefront of everybody's mind. And so when you like can, you know, toss buzzwords out and like make creative, that's completely in a new social context like this, you can stand out like way, way, way better. Yeah. And, and the reason I know this to be true and, and that it can have disproportionate impacts on your performance is because I think a lot of e-commerce brands saw that like CPMs went down when this happened. So raw ad costs were down. That should create an increase in efficiency. Uh, I can see your, per- your professional services marketing engine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are McKinsey, Bain, Deloitte, and Accenture all in one ear. And you were, <laughs> no, one knows, no one knows this is the engine behind Shine C's marketing. It's just hysterical to me. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. All good. I mean, like, so you, you see this like CPM decline, so you should expect your, you know, efficiency barring any, if nothing else changed, your efficiency should still go up. But we saw by like changing all of the messaging and really trying to speak to people in this environment, which we were only able to do because of the nimbleness and agility that our creative team has, that we like saw such outsized impacts on performance that couldn't be explained away just by getting a little bit more efficient uh, because of the paid side, because of the cost side. Sure. And so, and really it was just speaking to people in their new context about the thing that's on the forefront of everybody's mind. And so as like, I come away from this, I'm like, well, how do we like figure out what those tropes are that we can play into when not everybody is thinking about a global pandemic? You know, maybe that's election stuff. That's a little harder, but as you go on and on and on, how do we build a process that allows us to figure out what is like on the forefront of everyone's mind and capitalize it because, you know, everybody... Once people see you playing into that, they're going to pay attention in a way and you're going to be 
you know, more attention grabbing than you'd be without that. There's also a challenge, you know, how you do that and make it authentic to the product because it's easy to be like entertaining and like Saturday Night Live or The Onion and just make fun of things. But, you know, we have e-commerce version objectives that we have to hit as well. So stitching those together is, is, is a challenge for sure. Well, I think, and, and again, throwing spaghetti at the wall and not being afraid of, you know, the, the repercussions, if, if you've zagged too far, um, you know, people will be offended and that is okay. And I think, you know, that's kind of the, the byline you guys have taken from the beginning, um, where you can address things like can- cancel culture, or, you know, um, you know, there's some very delicate issues going on right now. And, uh, you know, if you try to tiptoe around them too much, you actually, you step in them. But if you just, you know, trudge through and, <laughs> and, and point the spotlights at them, I think it's, um, it's a, it's more entertaining and, and B, you know, I, I think it's more authentic to who the hell you guys are. And I, authentic is a very 2019 word now, but, uh, <laughs> everybody's just bastard bastardizing themselves to sell in coronavirus times. Oh God. I mean, it, it, you can't anymore. It's like, you know, this is the reality. Like we live and we work at home. Um, you know, the baby's crying, the dogs are barking. Um, the UPS guy is dropping something off on your porch. It's pandemonium. You got, I mean, I love the fact that we've accepted it, that we've defaulted to turning on our, our cameras for the Skype call, you know, that I, I don't know. I just think there was ostensibly so much, uh, posing before. And, and maybe if companies now start to take a step back and go, Oh yeah, we're human beings. Maybe, maybe we should pretend like we are, you know, or, or not pretend, um, all right. Last, last question. What's, um, what are you most looking forward to? What's, what's the thing that, that you're, that you're thinking about your, your eye on that prize. <laughs> that's, that's a really tough question because most of all of our planning is like, well, how Fubard yeah. is Christmas time. <laughs> right. <laughs> are any of our other categories ever going to come back? Um, so much of our, our planning is a lot less optimistic. I guess I'm excited to see if, uh, the conservatism that we're planning is overly conservative. I hope. Um, but what am I really excited about? Man, uh, the end of the election I'm very excited for Yeah, is going to be like a massive, I think, drain on everybody's like mental energy. Um, I just think it's telling that when, when I ask the question, there's, there's a good 30 second pregnant pause. I think, what I think am I a, excited about? I'm like, Oh, do I have any trips planned? No. Right. Uh, do we have any like new product? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited to hopefully see all of our, uh, our doom and gloom hypotheses not come true. Yeah. That's a pretty crap answer. I can lie. Well, I mean, I'm excited. What are you most excited about? I'm excited to get your next email, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to, to, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is just to see, I think to see how companies and individuals have taken this, this pile of, of ulcerated, hemorrhaged hemorrhoid 
and and turned it into you know a, a delicious um you know pot roast for the soul and you guys have done that you you really have turned it around and you're turning around every day um i mean the underwear subscription thing i thought was genius when i first talked to you a couple years ago but i mean to see that turn into what it has turned into it's it's brilliant and i think these little silver linings from all industries and all levels um are the thing that kind of makes me optimistic about the united states of america which is like you know maybe a failed state i'm not sure but i know the people in this failed we bounce state. back man. we, we, we do. always bounce back the Bill Murray speech and stripes. I mean, we're the wretched refuse. We know that we're the underdogs. Um, we haven't been for a while, but I mean, that spirit is something. Another opportunity that, to prove ourselves here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys have done such a great job. Um, seriously, consider ShinesD.TV. I think you know, pivoting to more of like i mean that core is like i i read your emails i'm not buying underwear every week but i read your your emails because they do make me happy and they're funny and you know you get that from services like the onion you get it from you guys you get it from a a handful of companies these days but you know i mean that that truly is the goal like most people don't need what you and i are wearing every day they don't even need to buy fresh underwear every day although we we wish they did um And so the goal really with our content is just to like give you a reason to keep opening and clicking and smiling even when you're not in the market for our products. You know, we're not, we're not in the business of like hard selling. Um, you know, we know when you do need whatever it is that you'll come back to us. But in the meantime, we're just going to try to like poking fun at stuff that we think needs being poked, needs, needs fun poked at and, uh, having a good time, making people laugh. There's plenty of places to get that doom and gloom, so you're not going to see that from us for sure. And for all of those at home, we know you do need fresh underwear. I mean, honestly, you've been wearing the same pair for months. If you want fresh underwear, Jens, where can they go to get it? Shinesty.com. Try Easy. the ball hammocks. Try the women's peached underwear. They're incredible. You know what? And use code twelve one two after twelve one two. I haven't even made it, but I'll make it, make it after this. And we'll see what happens. It'll probably be really good, but it will probably only last for like a month or two until like honey or retail me not picks it up. And then everybody who doesn't watch the podcast is taking advantage of it. And then I got to cut it off. So You're- hopefully you, you listen to this and hopefully you go to our site and hopefully you put in 12 after 12 at checkout and I haven't disabled it. <laughs> so we'll figure out that code and we'll put it on the screen right now. Jens, you're a hell of a man. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Good luck to you Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. All right.